Hey everyone, welcome to episode number four of the More to Movement podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to discuss planes of movement and how you can address and identify movement discrepancies instantly with a proper understanding and application of this concept. Should be a great show. Stick around. Welcome to the More to Movement podcast, where we break down the science behind movement and provide you with tangible takeaways so you can take charge of your health and fitness and achieve lasting results. If you're ready to optimize your efforts, move with purpose, and invest in your health and performance with confidence and vigor, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Pete Rowletter. What's up, everyone? Pete here, and welcome back to another episode of More to Movement. As my students know, coffee is my lifeblood. I can't live without it. And I'm thinking we should start this episode by grabbing some. Sound good? Awesome. Let's head to Starbucks. Are you ready? All right, here are the directions. Okay, go right, then left, then straight, then left again, and you're there, right? Bit of an obvious question, but will you end up at Starbucks with those directions? Unless those directions actually happen to match your current location exactly, then no. All of you listening are from different places and cities and maybe even countries. So my instructions mean nothing without a reference point, right? Now, if I gave you each a reference point, I could provide instructions that could help you get where you need to go. So when it comes to movement and having a better understanding of it, we must have a reference point and we must have a way of describing and communicating those movements. One way to achieve that is through planes of the body. Planes are a way to describe movement that occur within regions of the body. The planes actually cut the body into parts with specific movements occurring in those regions. And these movements are always in relation to the anatomical position, which is just standing upright, facing the observer, arms straight, and feet and palms facing out. So though we have an endless number of movement possibilities, we can actually keep it fairly simple by referring to movements within planes in relation to that anatomical position. An excellent image for the planes is to think of a magician with a huge glass saw. And imagine that he's using that saw to cut his assistant into halves. Keep this visual as I describe these planes. Now, keep in mind, I'll have graphics of these concepts on the show notes page at moretomovement.com. So be sure to check those out if you're struggling with this visual. Now, when we are evaluating movement in these planes, we know that movements occurring in those regions are parallel to the plane or to the saw, if you go back to that visual. Keep in mind that even though movements can be one plane dominant or occur in one plane primarily, no motion actually occurs strictly in just one plane of motion. The planes I'm going to talk about today are the sagittal, the frontal, and the transverse planes. All right, get that visual of the magician again. His assistant is standing in front of him, facing him. He puts the saw through the center of his assistant, cutting the body into left and right halves. If the assistant were to try to reach across her body and touch her opposite shoulder, she would hit the glass saw. This right here is the sagittal plane. And like I said earlier, movements occurring in this plane occur parallel to the plane. So the actions of flexion and extension at this joint occur in this plane. And examples of these movements would be like arm curls or leg curls. Now the frontal plane cuts the body into anterior posterior halves or front and back. So now imagine that magician moving to the side of his assistant. Then he begins to put the saw 
through her shoulders and hips all the way through the opposite side. That leaves the front of her body on one side and the back of her body on the other. This is the frontal plane, and the actions that occur in this plane are abduction or adduction. An excellent example of this movement is a side raise, when you raise your arms up and away from your body. Finally, there's the transverse plane. Now imagine that magician placing the saw right through her belly button, cutting her into top and bottom halves. This image demonstrates the transverse plane, and movements of rotation occur in this plane. So when you turn your torso from left to right, that's a great example of movement within this plane. Now, the movements occurring in all these planes tell us something, especially if you understand the muscles causing the movement. That starts with understanding the axis of rotation. We know that muscles pull bones to rotate at a joint. So if you know the type of rotation that is occurring in the planes, it can help us evaluate the muscles responsible for that movement. Rotation occurs perpendicular to the plane, meaning it forms a right angle. The axis of rotation is an imaginary line that runs through the pivot point of a joint. So if you're struggling visualizing this, I want you to think of a wheel on a car. The wheel spins, but it turns because the axis or the pivot point is in the middle. It's the same thing with the body. You can identify a pivot point for every muscle action, and that pivot point is the axis of rotation. This helps us determine the plane the movement is occurring in, and if muscles are contributing to the movement as they should. For the first axis, I want you to think of a spinning top toy. If you were to draw an imaginary line through the middle of that spin, it would run right down the middle from top to bottom. This is the vertical, or also known as the longitudinal axis. And remember, it forms a 90 degree angle, or the letter T, with the plane. So the axis of rotation would create the letter T with the plane that cuts the body into top and bottom halves, which is the transverse plane. For the next axis, think of doing a front flip and imagine drawing a line where the rotation is occurring. It would run sideways through the body, allowing you to tumble head over feet and feet over head. This is the frontal, also known as the horizontal or medial lateral axis, and it meets the sagittal plane we were talking about earlier. Finally, think of a cartwheel. Where's the axis? Right through the belly button. If that were a real axis, it would allow you to continue doing cartwheels because you would be spinning around that center pivot point. And this is the sagittal or the anteroposterior axis, and it meets the frontal plane. Okay, so it's pretty heavy, but if you're still with me, you may be asking, all right, Pete, why is this important? Here's why. If you understand the planes and the movements that occur within those planes, you can identify if a movement pattern is efficient or not. It gives you instant insight into someone's movement and can help you identify issues that save you significant time and make your efforts much more efficient. It's a game changer, guys. I can't tell you how many people I've helped just by using this quick reference. I've been able to pinpoint significant movement flaws just by having this basic understanding of how movement should be occurring in those planes. Let me give you an example. Let's look at a squat. Like I said earlier, though most movement is multiplanar, meaning it occurs in multiple planes, Many movements do have that primary plane, and the squat should be primarily in the sagittal plane because the major movements that occur during the squat are flexion and extension. So the ankles, the knees, the hip, and the trunk all flex as you descend down into the squat, and of course, they extend as you stand back up. If you notice somebody leaning to one side during their squat pattern, it's evident that the primary muscles are not engaging as they should because they are moving in the frontal plane 
remember that side to side would be more frontal plane action. Immediately, you can start to identify potential muscle discrepancies that are contributing to that movement pattern. For example, the adductors or the abductors could be the issue because those are frontal plane movers, but they're impacting your squat pattern by adding frontal plane movement to a sagittal plane exercise. This is just one more tool in your arsenal to identify and correct movement issues. It's amazingly helpful and easy to use if you understand what you're looking for and how to actually address it. So what are the takeaways today? First, take time to review muscle actions and what they do. How can you train them if you really don't know what their job is? You don't have to know every aspect of muscle, but you should have a basic idea of what the tissue does so you know how to train it and also how to correct it. I'm not talking to just your professionals out there. Anyone who really wants to take charge of their movement should know what their body's doing. Second, once you understand what muscles do, start to observe them with specific movements or exercise you perform, and like always, document any noticeable deviations from the norm. I gave an example of the squat earlier, but let's look at another popular exercise, lunges. There are several ways to execute a lunge, but most lunges require stepping forward with one leg, dropping the back leg down to the ground, similar to kneeling on one leg. Lunges occur in the sagittal plane with ankles, knees, and hips flexing and extending while the trunk, shoulders, and head remain neutral. If you notice your torso leaning to one side or twisting or leaning forward, it may be indicative that the core stabilizers are underactive. It could also mean that there are muscle imbalances in the hips and the trunk has to overcompensate, but more on that later. Regardless, it allows you to immediately identify movement discrepancies and implement corrective strategies instantly, which can improve your movement quality and effort. To summarize today's episode, remember the planes divide the body into regions. So we have a reference point to describe movement and specific movements occur within those planes. The big takeaway is that if you understand them, you can quickly determine if your movement is efficient or if there's a possible discrepancy, especially if that movement is occurring in the wrong plane. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to today's episode. And I've said it before, but I know your time's valuable, and I'm grateful that you've chosen to spend some time with me. Spoken a lot about muscle actions and observing them, so on the next episode, we're going to discuss the phases and types of muscle contraction. But further, how they actually relate to something called force velocity profiles and why they're essential for your development. I look forward to chatting with you next time, guys. Thanks again. And remember, wherever you are, keep moving. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of More to Movement with your host, Pete Rowletter. If you enjoyed the show, please visit moretomovement.com where you can find this episode's show notes along with more episodes and articles to empower you on your journey.